It's time for the Take a Seat podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Howell. Please take a seat. Right. Good morning, everybody. This is Take a Seat TV. I'm your host, Kevin Howell. And with me today, we've got Hannes Ruud from Ultimate Pet Care. Welcome, Hannes Ruud. Thank you, Kevin. Right, Hannes, so you and I have been chatting. It's so exciting to talk to you um, many years ago. It's funny, we spoke about it this morning. I met you at a video shoot, and here we are on another video shoot, just in a different context. You were an actor at that stage, and I was an actor and a business owner at that stage, and it was, so, it was such a lovely morning that I still remember how excited you were to be part of it. And here we are, what's it, uh, six years later, talking about your business and, and uh, how you've progressed over the years. So, Anas, without further ado, I want you to tell everybody about yourself. So, just a 10-minute uh, history of Hannes, where you come from, how you got involved in business, and how you ended up right here. Oh, well, thanks, Kevin, for the opportunity, and thank you for hosting this. Um, yeah, I feel honored. Um, I sometimes don't feel like a businessman. I feel like a, a person who's still learning. So, I'm learning from really the best. So, um, thanks for the opportunity. Um, I'm going to just, first of all, before I start, and I said, I want, if I ever get the opportunity to, to, to share a testimony, I want to just share. And I, you know, it's, it's easy to share the, um, the, the business and it, you, people think it's you. And yes, it is you. And, but I really just want to thank my team. I've got an amazing team and I'm not going to mention names, but it's only because we've got an amazing team. And I will tell you guys later about how teamwork works, but every person that's played a role to ultimate pet care success today. And then, yeah, my creator, is Jesus. He gave me a, 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 a creative mindset. And um, yeah, so I'll give him the honor as well for what we are busy with and what we are still going to awesome. do. So yeah, Kevin, um, so just in a, in a small wrap or a 10 minute, I can talk a lot, but you must just cut me when I speak too much, but I'll just quickly brief you. I, I, was, um, I was born and raised in Kempton Park, a small town here at the airport. And um, yeah, I was a, a culture vulture in school, so I did a lot of uh, cultural activities. Um, I wasn't the most sportiest person, but um, I, did, I did a lot of culture, drama, and stuff like that. Um, I was uh, that typical sometimes teacher pet, but it also had its own critics. And uh, for, all the, for those people who's all, who also were the, the culture vultures, I mean, you deal with a lot of uh, people mocking you and, yeah, um, and about sexuality and all of that. So that was definitely the struggle that I had when I was uh, growing up as a young man. Um, but it is amazing to see that you should never despise who you are. And you're, you're, you're a culture vulture for a reason. And, um, yeah, you're a creative as well to start dreaming and create stuff. So... In school, that is what I did. I've, I've always been, there was always a, a side of entrepreneurship within me. Um, uh, I'm, 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 I had a, I, wouldn't say, I, have, I have a wife, I have three kids. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I'm happily married, just to add that to it. And, um, but I'll start in the beginning. So we, we um, in, in grade two, I was eight years old. I remember we had an entrepreneur day. And then I, that was my first big breakthrough. I, I sold chickens, which me and my grand, we sold these little chicks. And we actually dunked them into color. So we sold pink and blue and purple and all these colors, ch chickens. And I remember in grade two, I was eight. Uh, I made 2,000 rand. And it was a lot of money. It was like almost 20, 20 years ago. Um, and I remember there, I was entrepreneur of the year. And it, 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 just, it was something that I really do remember. And it was so significant to me because afterwards we sold seed for the, the chickens that we sold on that day. So it was like, oh, wow, there was money even coming in later. Um, yeah, and then I've always been busy. Um, I, I grew up in a house where I've, I had two amazing parents. Um, they both were teachers, still teachers. My dad's a principal and my mom's a teacher. And I had three other brothers. I'm the oldest of four brothers. Um, and yeah, so, so life wasn't the, the most glamorous thing, but we always, we, every need was met. And but, so I always kept myself busy with things. I, I remember from grade 10, I normally sold fudge in my mom's, um, uh, I, I bought, made the fudge. My mom sold it in a, in a, in a period in, in school. And then there was my pocket money through most of high school. Um, and yeah, after school, I wanted to, I had two dreams. I wanted to become a vet and I wanted to become a pilot. Um, yeah, not one of those dreams I could came to pass because there wasn't funds for me, but it was okay. My dad then recommended, Hannes, why don't you become a cabin crew member? And I was like, no, 
oh, I don't want to be a cabin crew member. It's like serving tea and coffee. And no, and there was a whole stigma around cabin crew as well at that time. And I had a bit of a, a personal issue. So, but I went through with it. So I did a six week course. And fortunately enough, I got in with a great local company. Um, and we did charter work in Africa. So I flew up and down in Africa. Um, yeah, and it was awesome because we did most of Africa, the African region. And, I, you know, everything that, that I've done, I've always tried to be excellent in it. So when you fly for a, for a local airline or a small airline, you always dream of what's the best. And at that time, my only reference of airlines was Emirates Airlines. So I said, well, one day I will fly for Emirates. I want to work for right. them. I want to see what they do. And so I remember I was 21 because you need to be 21 to apply for those interviews. And for those of you who've been <laughs> at those interviews, it's quite hectic. There's like thousands that end up for the interview and they like, they cut you through all the day. I remember in my first interview was I was 21. It was in the year 20, um, I'm thinking now, it was 2011. Well, it was earlier than that year. So then I went, I got into the final round, they cut you, cut you. And then at the last round, I did my final interview and then I got a rejection email. And then only a year later, you can apply again. And then I, the next year I applied again. I did the whole thing. They checked me and I got to the top 20 and did my final interview. And I didn't make sounds it. Like, sounds like America's got talent. Almost like it. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like they cut, 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 cut you. Um, so, yeah, in that time as well, um, it was in 2011. So I did two, two tries for Emirates. Um, and then I found out about a journey called um, Global Challenge. And it's a, it's a journey that you can go travel the world and do volunteer work. And in 2011, it was actually a significant year for me because that was at the end of that year, um, they went on a, on a journey and it was just after the tsunami in Japan. And we would, had to go do um, first labor work there, clean houses that the people died at. Um, and yeah, so I had to start raising funds. So I did all my flights and my dollars. I put them away and I start taking pictures, um, just casual pictures of people taking photos. Um, and then um, by the end of 2011, we went on to this journey. Um, and yeah, it was really amazing because for me, I found my purpose. I really started my find my first purpose there because yeah, my life changed because I got saved on that journey. Um, so today I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer and um, I got saved on that journey and it was, I think I was so broken because you deal with the, the worst things in life. I mean, you, you worked in people's houses that drowned and I was faced with real reality, not just um, like problems that we see on a daily basis. And, and that's where I really found out, okay, well, there's more to life and there's actually bigger things. And my wife now was also on that journey. And uh, I come from a very impure background, but um, yeah, I found purity and I found um, my wife. And then in, and when we came back in Feb, it was significant. And uh, um, uh, we started serious dating. But on my journey to, to go on to this trip, I had to raise funds. And I thought if I, if I ask 500 Rand for each person, and then I got to, to Serengeti Golf Estate, it's, it's the biggest estate in our area. And I asked that person who worked there for 500 bucks, and it was um, um, John Hart. And um, yeah, Sham, and he, he, he was like the de developer, and he worked there. And I said, uh, one day I was late for a meeting, and I said to him, um, John, uh, I was thinking today, as I sat here, I was wondering, how can I make 100 Rand out of each of these people? And, and this penny dropped. Because I have Googled in the past cheap startups and I, I've Googled and actually if you go Google it today still, you'll find dog grooming is one of the cheapest startups to start a business. And I said, well, John, right. when I get back from this trip next year, I'm going to start a dog grooming parlor in Serengeti. And he said, no, this is a great idea. Nobody thought of it. Do it. I said, okay, cool. And I went on the trip. My life got changed. And then we got back from the trip. And I didn't have any money. But we went on, a, so we started our research, we Googled, and there was no, we only found one training school of, of dog grooming. And we, we went there. And as I started learning about dog grooming, it was just, it is, it, is a, it is a sad environment. Like the whole look and feel towards it, it's just sad. And I've, I'm, I'm a big animal, that's my biggest passion. So then the whole thing started with the the dream to let's build a doggy parlor. Let's make a difference in this simple, it's almost like gardening services or window cleaning services. It's stuff people frown upon, 
But I thought, okay, well, I'll give my best shot at it. So I still had to go and fly, make money for my local airline. And then my wife, Pietru, then started washing dogs in people's bathrooms. And for six months, she washed dogs in people's bathrooms until we saved up enough money for our first trailer. It was 30,000 Rand, I remember. And then on the 1st of September, 2012, and then we, um, we launched the business. And yes, you know, you have all these dreams and aspirations and it was super exciting. I still remember that first month, that first month of September, we launched with a fashion show in Serengeti Golf Estate, the clubhouse. We had dogs with clothes on and there was four people that rocked up at this, this event. And it is so cool. Those four people, they know exactly who they are. They are still Ultimate Pet Care supporting customers. Um, wow. And it's amazing because they saw us that day when we spoke about the vision of Ultimate Pet Care and the dream. And yeah, it's just, yeah, and in that month we did 44 dogs, our very, very first month. And then, okay, so fast forwarded, um, it took us six years. We, we built this business for six years in this time as well. Um, I got an email from Emirates and they said to me, Hannes, um, we've got uh, you can apply again because it's a year later and i said no i can't i'm married now and i've been trying two two times and it didn't work and they said no you your wife can also go through as a single person they can interview her and see what happens and it's so significant in 2013 so the business wasn't even a year old we went for this interview again because that was still my biggest dream um, and then we got the opportunity, both of us went through from 800 people, cut, 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 cut. And then we ended up to 20 and we, we were married, not even for six months. And then both of us got the opportunity to go in and, and, and it just, it's amazing. Only, only later in life, you realized why you never should have gotten the job the first time. Because if when I was 21 and I got that job, um, shucks, no, I think I, I would have been dead because it's just, yo, I didn't have purpose. I didn't have any um, sense of money. I didn't have any knowledge on, oh man, I was in the world. So yeah, and then me and my wife, we went to Dubai. Um, I was willing to, to, to leave the doggy pole. I actually left it. I was just, I found a friend of mine. I asked him, listen, can you look after the doggy pole? It's one trailer. There's 50 dogs and go. So we went to Dubai um, with a very specific plan because I realized that the, the stuff that we had is very simple. So let's save up money. So I was a, I would call myself a small photographer, but I realized if we can save up a certain amount of money. So that time we had, our goal was 400,000. So we, right. we, we realized if we can save that amount of money in the time that we're in Dubai, we can actually um, come back and then start something here. We can buy a proper trailer. I can buy a proper camera. And then the journey started in um, 2013. By the end of November, we started, um, we saved, we saved nonstop. I got the opportunity. I mean, if you fly for Emirates, that's still one of the best airlines in the world. We flew to, I mean, I saw 65 countries and yeah, I'll speak on traveling in a bit as well, because it's so amazing why traveling is so good for you because it shows you what's out there and how big stuff can, you must dream because anything is possible. And that really gave me like, I, I'm, I'm very privileged to have seen so many countries um, and then when we reached our target, it was so cool. We reached it in, in just over a year and a half. Um, we were very diligent in saving. So um, then we had the money. My wife actually fell pregnant as well. And we thought, okay, well, that's just a good time in 2016 to come back. And then we still only had one trailer, which was which Geraldi, I can mention it. She was the girl. She looked after our business when we went here. And then we started our second trailer in 2016. Um, so yeah, it already took us, uh, four years that was four years later and we only still had two trailers and then in 2017 um actually the end of 2016 when i came back from emirates i um I, and i had this vision to start this business and build a, a, a national mobile dog grooming unit and i had the vision writing on the wall and i've put there and said how many trailers we, I, I remember so ultimate pet care cape town and it was all part of my vision wall um and then at the end of 2016, I actually, I just felt so down because I came from Dubai. I left all that glamour coming back. Yeah, I wash dogs every single day. It's not a very nice job. You sit at the back of a bucky, you, you drive through all these estates, you see how people are living and you're just like earning 10, 20,000 Rand. And it's like, it's not worth it. And I actually sold the business for, for 100,000 Rand. And the, the, the deal didn't go through because the, the guy didn't pay the deposit. I was super wow. upset because I was like, I'm going to use this money to do something else. And 
Yeah, well, thank goodness that it didn't solve because then six months later, we actually in 2017, so this was end of 2017, we, um, we sold our first franchise and I got an amazing mm. partner or not a partner, a person. Um, this is the people that's part of the team who guided and assisted me actually for the first time because I've never, I wasn't raised in a, in a business household. Um, and then I, um, this lady, which I'm very dear to, she just worked through me with a process of starting a franchise agreement. And we sold in 2016, our first franchise. So we had three trailers on the road. And then in 2018, I had the opportunity to sell another two trailers and it was significant because it's people that actually came to me to ask for work or it was a student that asked for part-time work and they just saw that the phone never stopped ringing and it's, it's this bringing excellence into a, in, a, in, a, in an environment and both of these two people, while they were just helping out on two days a week, they said to me, they also want to one day own, day, uh, own a dog grooming pod and I said, well, it's possible. So in 2018, we sold two more, which is Pochus Truem, to a 20-year-old student and to a lady um, that was actually retrenched. I, I, I share the, the, the ages, 42, because I want to show that you know, our business model now is open for any person, young, old. Um, and that was 2018. And then at the end of 2019, so it's another two years went past. To the end of 2019, it's not even a year ago, we sold another two franchises, which was Silver Lakes and um, Irene. And, um, and it's amazing. Since that moment, we sold Silver Lakes. The, the whole business has just exploded. And um, yeah, currently we're sitting this year alone in a year that people are, are fearing and doubtful. We've, we've sold um, 20 franchises already. We've launched wow. um, 18 of them and we still have um, eight more to launch before the end of the year. And so then we will have a, t- a total of 20, uh, 25 trailers running, running um, South Africa. Mm. And it's amazing. Um, my goal was, I, I don't know how I got to this goal. I said, I want to have 20 trailers in 2020. Oh, it makes sense, 2020, all the 20s. And then, um, yeah, we got to this goal. Um, yeah, so today <laughs> um, I, I started off washing dogs and I'm really good at washing dogs. And yeah, today I, I can only testify that through a lot of hard work. I don't think people understand the amount of hours and sacrifice that goes into a vision. And it took us six years to, to, to have a third trailer. Okay, now we, yes. in one year we did 25. And it's just, I know the vision is expanding exponentially. Um, and I share this because it's amazing. God is good and he's so faithful. But we've, um, we've got 107 inquiries for new franchises at the moment that we are dealing with. So it is phenomenal. I've got an amazing team, which I, I had to employ them within six months um, in lockdown. We, before lockdown, we had 3,000 likes on Facebook. So in lockdown, I decided let's make um, the vision, let's, let's use social media and, and, and build the brand. And I asked for yep. witty inventions and ideas. And we got the idea of let's start washing celebrity dogs and get used to use their following. And wow, it is amazing. We, our, um, our, our Facebook actually is now at, at almost 8,000 followers in like three months that wow. we've grown. Um, we've got uh, uh, heaps of celebrity dogs that we are currently doing. They All they're following together is almost 2 million people. So it's just insane that you must just think out of the box when it's like when, when the situation, because we had to close down completely in lockdown because we went a, 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 um, a essential service in the beginning. Um, yeah. yeah. So today, this is what I do. I, I'm now a salesperson in selling uh, do, uh, dog grooming franchises. Um, I'm still very hands-on. Um, I, I, we've always said we want to build a support structure and a family uh, scenario. And I can testify of it. And I testify of it today that we've got almost 60 people employed by the the, the concept already. Um, my vision is very clear. I mean, I want uh, 333 trailers in the next five years that will create a thousand jobs and we will sit on a hundred thousand dogs per month. Um, and yeah, so Kevin, it's just, that's, that's my, my, my story in long and short, uh, you can cut pieces out of it. it. And- I love it. I love it. Honest. And, and so, you know, I like the part that you, st- you still say that you're, you're still good at washing dogs. I want to know as a first question, 
Do you still wash the dog every now and again just to get the, the feel of it again? Uh, Kevin, I think that part is the part people don't understand that you need to start there washing the dog. Um, I washed enough dogs in six years to, to, to not wash dogs every single day anymore. But I still, every launch, I wash a dog. Um, right. And I'm very, I'll always jump in. And I think that's so important for you to start at the bottom because if my groomer or my person doesn't pitch up, I'm going on with the business. I'm going to wash that dog. Even if I don't do it as well as you do, I'll explain to the customer why it's not done as well, but he'll have a clean dog at least. It won't be. A, <laughs> but no, today I am a qualified groomer and I can still groom any breed uh, from a schnauzer to a poodle. It maybe takes longer, but I, right. every launch that we are doing, um, I really try to, to go and wash one dog. And, and when I wash that dog, I always remind myself like, wow, I this is amazing. And um, we've always tried to wash dogs faithfully. Um, I remember that first month, I said 44 dogs. I, I'm really into stats. So it's in, very interesting to see how it's grown and stuff. Um, and yeah, last month, um, we, our total figures was 3,162 dogs. So there's a massive growth. And then in total, the group has washed um, what just like 100 dogs under 80,000 dogs that we've washed in the past eight years. So, and it, I can testify even if that, that, that most of it is, no, no, all of it. Like our percentage of bad reviews are so little. And it's just because the people that's joining the business truly have a love and a passion for animals. And yeah, people definitely, they look down on groomers and um, they look down at the industry and they think you're just a dog groomer and you just wash the dogs, but they don't understand what actually goes into it and the love that you should have for a York, for a dog that bites or a dog that's rough or the heat and yes. the wetness. And yeah, so it's a super yes. humble job. I mean, it, that's like, right. I, I can't think of a more humble job than washing a dog, but yeah, we do it with pleasure. Yes. And honestly, what I liked about when we started this morning, one of the things you said was you took a, a, a job like washing dogs, which wasn't a very sexy job at that stage when you started, and you made it into a professional service. And that's quite interesting because I know I mean, you guys wash out dogs and cats, and, and I, I think we win the, the, the competition for, for the biggest dogs in town. And, and, and I, I have so much respect for your people when they come and wash those dogs because I've tried washing them, and it's impossible to do it. Like, I don't know what you guys do. I'm not sure what the secret sauce is inside that van, but my dog goes in there and an hour later, there's a clean dog that comes out. And I'm so grateful for that, that I, you know, I don't mind whatever it costs, I'll pay it because to me, it's a professional service. So in the lockdown, when you said that you were, you were not an essential service, like we were talking about it, that you know, dog parlors should be essential services. And, and today it's a professional service. So, so well done with that. Well done with identifying that as a, as a, as a need in the market. Mm. So, so I want to talk about. Sorry, do you want to add to that? No, no, continue. Right. So, 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 uh, so I want to talk about quickly talents. You know that on Take a Lot. Oh, oh sorry, Take a Lot. Take a Take a TV. We talk about talents and passions. And really, what I'm trying to do with 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 this uh, uh, new venture of mine is help people understand that if you only focus on the talents that you've been given, and you add passion to that, you have an opportunity to do something with your life. Now, this does not exclude people who are working for companies, who are self-employed or entrepreneurs. There's, there's various fields that you can use the same concept in. So you don't necessarily have to become an entrepreneur. And I'm a firm believer that uh, entrepreneurship is a calling. It's not something everyone can do. So we also need employees and we need, we need passionate employees. And one of the things that you spoke about is, firstly, you spoke about your talents and passions. I wanted you to just elaborate on that, how you got to that. And secondly, you spoke about your employees and how you choose them. And obviously, that's based on similar concepts, identifying talents and passions. So just talk generally how, how you discovered your talents and passions in the beginning, how the passion is actually driving it, and then also how you look at that with employees. Okay, cool. Kevin, so um, if I even, it's amazing that in time you see so much. And in school, I remember I was always the one and I'll start with photography because that was actually um, something that I, I, I loved. I had a small camera and at every event I took the photos and I was the one sharing it and whatever. But that, that was my one passion. And it, it, I had the opportunity to really serve a career of wedding photography and I had an international wedding and all of that. And then my sick, I always had a big passion for animals, um, like dogs. And that's why I say, if I look back, I always wanted to become a vet. 
and a pilot. So the, the dogs, I've, I've actually been, I, I remember as a kid, I had hamsters, I had snakes, I had, I remember I had like a whole, I had a time there was like 10 snakes in my house. I had like money put away that this is, this food goes for this snake and this. So my, my parents was very like um, generous in, 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 in having pets and looking after pets because it's actually a massive responsibility. Um, so you, you, you've got this dream and I think that dream has been placed in you for a reason. And looking at, at time, it's like, wow. Um, so I couldn't become a vet, but today I work with dogs and I'm, I'm blessed. I only see the glamorous part of dogs because you make them nice, you make them good and you, you don't share the operational part and all that. So that passion was actually birthed long ago. And I think a lot of us has got that idea. If you think about what in school, what was the one thing that you actually wanted to do? And at first I always said, you never can become rich becoming being a groomer because I looked at the people who wash dogs and it was always this, I don't want to say it, but it's like, it's, it's people that actually, they look the part, they've got bad clothing on, they smoke. And it's just the whole look is like sad. And I was just like, wow, let's, let's bring excellence into this thing. And that's where, when Ultimate Pet Resort, from the day one, we did it an, we launched with a fashion show because there was only four people, but we did it in excellence. And because if you don't do it fully, fully persuaded, then rather don't do it. Um, so getting back to your question on, on your purpose and, and what is in your heart, you, even as an employer, we were sitting on, an, on a digital age where people can use a platform or their cell phones to make money off. You can be an employee and you can coach people on the part-time online and start selling programs. And um, I remember I never did one course in, in, in um, uh, photography because, again, I don't want to blame it on poverty, but there wasn't money for that stuff. So I had YouTube. So I YouTube hours and hours and hours. And that set me off to become a, a, a wedding photographer. And even while I was pursuing this dog grooming business, and, and that's what a lot, in the beginning, it didn't make lots of money. It was really just there to, it was a passion. It was like, oh, I'm building this business. Uh, but in the meanwhile, I had to do network marketing and I had to do photography just to keep alive and just survive and make other things was paying the bills. But I had to use different subjects. And I think people sometimes just want to walk in and start a business and earn money. But it, the reality is you should sometimes bend your back. You should do that nine to five job. And I always say, use that opportunity as a stepping stone to save up, to become that entrepreneur um, and yeah. do it part-time. And if you're not willing to put in the extra hours in the evenings and over weekends when everybody else isn't there, then I don't think this is really for you. You must then um, stay where you are. But I mean, pursue photography, pursue social media, pursue um, all these creative things because we're going into a very, very big digital era. And I mean, a phone is so well today that you can use it. So people should really start changing the way they think about the current situation. They should see it as a stepping stone to get to the next level. And this is a part of what we are going to be using to become that person. And I take teachers as well. I have a friend, she actually did this online math classes. She's making more money through the online math classes than she's making as a teacher. And wow. she's a, a good entrepreneur. She's earning two streams of income. So yeah, yeah it's it's just there is in your industry a way to, and I think that's the exciting part is, is look into your exact job where you are and see what can I do to equip and train other people. There's billions of people in this world. Um, right. And yeah, that's, that's my, what I would say. It starts, you have, you, you know what the dream and the passion is. Right. Right. And then Hannes, tell me about the people that work for you because, and, and this is something I wanted you to, to just to touch on because in, in one of my courses, I teach about what I call the MDP, which is your major definite purpose. That's the main flow of income. And then you have all the other income streams that you were talking about. So I, I honestly believe that everyone has the ability to build seven or eight income streams. It's a fact. And it's just the, people just don't realize what they have in their hands. But, but there's a thing called the, the MDP, which is your major definite purpose. And for some people, that's their business. For other people, that is their place of employment. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really important that uh, for me that we realize as a community, especially in South Africa, that besides needing entrepreneurs, we also need really fantastic employees. You know, we can't all be entrepreneurs. It's a gifting. So talk to me about your employees because you as the business owner also have to identify certain qualities in your employees because if you don't see that in them, it's obviously going to affect your business. So how do you go about finding those people and what do you look for? Okay, so Kevin, I'm going to I'm going to start first by um, you, you need a mentor. 
to, to teach you certain things that they have learned from. And you're a great example, a physical person that we can actually go to. But I, I remember when I started off, I only had books. So I, I, I'm a firm believer that you should read. So I've got two, two mentors. So if I ever get a chat with you, I will also always ask, who do you follow? Even if you're a photographer, what other photographers are you following? Or if you're a, um, so I read two people. It's, it's Sir Richard Branson and um, Robert Kiyosaki. And they are exponential and excellent in what they do. Um, and those were the people I read the books. And also I've learned through their books. I've learned through, I've learned different strategies and stuff that I had to apply. And, and I then got to a four-day week. There was somebody that spoke about a four-day week and the productivity of a four-day week. So when we built the blueprint of Ultimate Pet Care, I said, well, let's be different and build a four-day blueprint. So we actually work four days on, three days off, four days on, three days off. Yeah, and I want to say that is amazing. The productivity of your employees are mind-blowing. And I know Microsoft uh, also does it. Um, our Sumterellas does op operate on a fifth day um, and head office staff also come, but then they get um, rewarded for that day as an extra day. So they earn extra income for that day that they work. So they work with such good ethics. So I can honestly say employees has not been my biggest issue. Of course, they, there's always issues. But the reality is if you look after them in a good way, and I say after, look after them in small things. On their birthday, give them a hug or give them flowers or give them a voucher. Um, give them proper uniform. Um, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's small things that make them feel that they are part of it. And then as well, take a nice picture of them and give it to them to put on their walls or give them a cup with their picture on. And we, we, uh, I've seen, and, and this is this, this is where we will get to that. What's the vision with Ultimate Pet Care? Is that dog grooming in any other part in the world? It's actually a, a degree, and it takes two years to become a professional dog groomer in Europe and in Australia. Where in South Africa, a person picks up a scissor. There's no no regulations, and there is no training facilities of of that sort. So my dream is eventually to to go into the the, the rural areas and uplift people that unskilled people and skill them with a skill that I think it's such a big skill. I mean, you don't just become a hairdresser. So right. it's easy to wash a dog that doesn't have hair, but it's like for a schnauzer and a, a Maltese and all these th different dogs, it's a really, it's a skill. And it, it, then it's not just a skill. It's actually, you have to have at least a passion for animals. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm talking a lot about that, but the, 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 where I get excited is if you look after your staff and you, you set the tone of, um, because they really become a replication of who you are. If you come in every morning and you are joyful and you're excited and you are, you, even if, if it, inside it, it's not like that, you just become that and you, you motivate people and you ask about them, ask your employees, how's your, your family? The next time you go to that person, I ask him, how is the grade two going now for that child? Or how's, you know, just have a little bit of interest because that small things makes you feel, oh wow, he actually listens when I speak. Um, and then when it comes to my head office, so my, my head office, I am beyond um, blessed. And uh, this I'll share some one day on, a, on, a, on another meeting. But the guys that work for me came from serious big, big industries. But they caught the vision and they believed in the vision. And they're not working even, I think, for 20% of the salaries that they earned in the big corporate companies. Um, but they saw the vision and the belief in what they had. So they are fully persuaded. So the, I've got a core of five people that's working with me. Um, they are fully persuaded. Um, they've got a percentage share in, in sales and everything. So for, for all the growth, they will get, they, they get their, um, their benefit out of it as well. Um, and then they, they fully persuaded. And then the other thing is I've also learned is if a person, yeah, you should, you should really trust your gut, but if a person does not fit in, or brings a negative spirit into the, into the environment, you should be able to release. And the quicker you learn to release people, don't try to hold on to people. You will find another one and there will be another person with a better attitude that will fit that position. And I've learned that um, the people who, I mean, all my managers that have worked for me with the day they, they went, I released them with such a big releasing and I asked them to just, I, I, I really just pray blessing over them and, I release them with so much joy that they all look back and I get messages from them and they always say, they look at Alton Peck and look at it become so you must change your attitude towards stuff. And then 
if people go release them, bless them, you will find another. Then you jump in, you watch the dog by yourself until you find that other groomer. Um, so I really try to, 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 that is the heart and people on my heart, equipping people. Um, I've got one lady who's been working for me. Um, she's, she was, she's a groomer. Um, and she just told me the other day, she said, Hannes, I've saved, I, I've, I'm selling clothes now in the weekends and I've saved up X amount of money. And I was just so impressed by her and yeah, and she wants to buy a car now. And it's just, you know, it's amazing when you see your, your heart comes, becomes yeah. other people's heart. But just be intentional and be real. Um, I mean, there's a place to be a boss and there's a place to be um, agitative and angry, but you don't have to be that all the time. All the time, absolutely. Now, yeah. tell me something really interesting about your groomers. And I obviously work with one of your franchisees, um, uh, Michael. And interesting about them is they are very passionate about dogs as well. So is that something you look for in your franchisees? Is that something you have on a checklist saying, are you passionate about dogs? And you do a test with them. Or, you know, how do you do that? So we, we've got, we build a whole process when you onboard Ultimate Pet Care. We ask that you join through the, the, the website and then there's a process. I normally give you the first call to just introduce you to the business. And then we've actually got two vet teams. So we've got Natalie, which is our franchise director. She'll give you a call and she'll do a proper check on really dogs. So we do cater for a lot of different people. And I think that's what I get excited about. I mean, we've got a, a 20 year old student that's joining. We've got a, a lady that's actually just retired and she wants to do something um, keeping herself busy. So it's just the, the, the and even this lady is, is driving and reversing a trailer, which is amazing. So um, yeah, we do ask that you as the, because we also then have investors, people that just, uh, they buy the business and they employ people to do it. Whoever deals with the dogs, they have to have at least a passion for dogs. And um, you pick it up immediately. It's like so amazing to see if, if people really do like dogs and, and if they don't. Um, so yeah, we, we really try. And, and I must say, a person that inquires for a mobile dog grooming parlor already have a passion for animals. Um, I think it's a business that's very unique in a sense because you know you're going to be dealing with animals. Um, so just to explain how the, the, once you then, there's a 12-week onboarding and the whole process takes for us to to, to to find and equip and, and train everybody up. Um, it takes 12 weeks and to build the trailer because we've got fully furnished um, fiberglass trailers at the moment and everything is in there. So we've got the hot water. We do everything for you. You literally have to pay the money and then find us a manager or yourself going to be the manager. And then we, we, we source the groomers. We train the groomers. We um, set up the business. We register the business because those were the things that I struggled with. We set up your bank account and we really tried to make it as effective and efficient as possible so that you can only focus on the dog and the client um that's why marketing is such a big deal for me and i think coming from a photography background i really if you look on our social media platforms and stuff we've got a great lady who's in charge of social media but it's really i always want excellence so um because it's it's so this era we're living in social media it sells um so everything has to look good and it looks nice and um you know you can use a phone as well but it's just those things are important to me that we will always focus on the branding and make sure that you are visible and all that stuff. You focus purely on the dog, make sure that dog is happy, bringing the best care to man's best friend. That is our vision or slogan. Um, and yes. then because the dog is happy, the client is happy. And then that client will make you a monthly client. And then you can start selling all the all other products, which is dog walking, dog food, um, and, and yeah, upsell. Love it, love it, love it. Love it. And so, so it's interesting, you talk about all these facets, you know, what, I, what I'm passionate about in, in teaching people, vision, your goals, talents, passions, all these things you have down to a T. And, and it's interesting, it's, it's like the secret source to, to any venture, to any, any life, is to have a vision, to have a, you speak about vision boards, I'm so passionate about vision boards, you know, everything that I, I can walk around in my house and I can point to things that I've got in my house that I had on a vision board many years ago. And I've got things on my vision boards that I probably, probably won't see for a couple of years, but it doesn't matter. It's just an amazing thing that happens when, once you discover vision. But there's an interesting part to this. When I teach young people around vision and goals and passions and talents, sometimes there's a starting point that's missing. And I'm interested to talk to you about it because you came from a family that wasn't wealthy. They were just normal employed people. I think you said your mother and father were in the teaching industry. So you didn't know money at all. And so the danger you have at that start, when you start off in life, 
is that you have a, what I call a poverty mindset. And that's someone who's always focused on all the bills that we can't get paid and we don't have enough income. It's always that problem. Like your focus becomes, oh no, we don't have enough money to pay the bills. And the shift that happened to you was the, the move to that, that discussion you had about how can I get 100 rand from every person in this estate? So tell me, how did you shift your mind from we don't have enough to I want enough? Can you remember any, you know, any incident, any story about that? Um, so I definitely believe that your upbringing plays a role. Um, I don't think it determines your end, but it definitely plays a role because we never had the luxuries. Um, we always went on like a farm holiday and it's nothing with holidays, but it's the realities. We, our needs were definitely met. We were, we were raised up privileged enough, but we didn't live extravagantly at all. I mean, four boys, two teachers as parents, and, but, but, but we had love and support. And I, I, that I must say for my mom, she's my biggest supporter. Um, and she's always just believed in me. And I, I remember so clearly my one brother, uh, he, he listens on the school. Um, he always said to me, you just want money. It's like, because I always, I, I will <laughs> mock them and I will say, I'm going to be a millionaire when I'm 21. And I remember that. And then he would be so irritated with me and he said, you just want money and it's all about money. And I said, no, it's not. It's just, I'm saying it. So I actually learned to speak life into situations and I'm a dreamer. So Coming to the vision part as well, you need to put down everything that you are thinking at the moment or thought. You need to really put it down in writing or on the wall because you do not understand what does it mean in the end. Um, my biggest picture on my vision walls is having an airline one day. So it's ultimate air. Um, and the reason why I speak about it confidently is like, if I don't speak about it confidently, how is it going to happen? So people need to know already now that when there is no airline, there is going to be ultimate airline. But what Emirates did in Dubai, we will do it in South Africa. Um, so we will have an international brand coming from here. Um, and, you know, and the company is already registered in faith because, okay, so that's vision part. But um, I, I, because I, there wasn't always money, I had to always think of stuff. So I sold fudge and I sold things and uh, I was every market. I remember even every Christmas I was in at the Garden of Lights at Embrace Palace. I was showing people in a reindeer suit where to go to. And it was always about making extra money. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't have like lots of pocket money. And yes, so that was my, the first thing. And as well, after school, I, I immediately had to go to work. But when I started working, I bought myself a camera to make other money. So it was, it was always been a part of me to think, okay, how can I make more money? So, and, and honestly today, I, it's really not about money. I love, I love giving and I believe that part of my biggest purpose is to be a kingdom builder. But today um, it was definitely a, a thing here. So I think to get back to the question is, I, I, I wasn't raised financially educated. And I think that was, if I could have everything over, I think I would have been further maybe if I had the, the knowledge and the experience. I mean, my dad just never even registered business. So he, I couldn't even ask him how to register business. So I had to learn your yeah, very expensive mistakes. I didn't know what even SARS or UIF. I mean, um, yo, those people nailed me so big time. I, I paid penalties for days because I didn't know. And that was my biggest struggle. And I always say that is like, when I, when I meet young people, I will, I'm like, yo, I love to just share knowledge with them because I feel like I just want to, they shouldn't make the same mistakes because it costs so much and it, it actually takes so much time um, it, right. because it took me years to establish all these things. And today I'm very firm on like helping a kid, educating, equipping young entrepreneurs. I do love startups. I've got a couple of friends who started businesses and, you know, I didn't financially help them. I just gave them go, go, man, try it, do it. I believe just do it. That's like Nike is so spot on with that. It's like, do it. Um, you, you, you will only know. And the, the, the benefit of anything in life, as a human, you will grow. If you plant a seed, it will grow. Um, if you yeah. start something today, I mean, sell cookies, um, just sell it faithfully and sell that one packet. And then hopefully next year you'll sell two packets because the infrastructure has made it so simple. I mean, on Facebook, you've got five, four, six thousand, I don't know how many people, 500 people. I promise you, there's an auntie that will feel bad for you and they will buy the cookies. And then you sell two and then you approach a spa. And so it's, it's really, I, I, I just love um, seeing how people can excel. And I, I, I just think people, 
from my experience is that I wish I, I had more knowledge on business, but I'm thankful in a sense as well that I didn't have it because I've got such a heart for people starting off businesses that doesn't have the knowledge and especially people that come from like a poor, poorer environment who didn't have all the privileges and stuff. So, you know, that's my compassion. Um, but if I can give people advice, I think do train yourself on like a bit of accounts or just learn how money works. What's, what is cash flow? I mean, uh, Robert Kiyosaki got a great cash, cash, cash flow quadrant book that he, he explains it and understand what, why, is, why cash is king, explain why debt is bad and there's good debt, bad debt, um, and, and why. You know, so I think on those, I think people should learn on that because that's the stuff that actually kills you in the, in the long run because when you start expanding, you use all your cash flow and then you don't have money more and then you become negative towards the vision and you feel like, but this thing is not working. I'm not making money. You're just putting all your efforts, all your tight uh, your money into it. And then at the end of the day, actually it was just mismanaging of funds or um, you could have done it in a different way. So, and then, you know, and don't overextend yourself. Don't be, don't want, you, you will have the 25 trailers one day, but just start with the one that you currently have and do it really good. And because people start believing in you when you do that good and you do it over and over and over. I mean, all my friends knew I was going to wash dogs when I did it eight years ago. None of them, none of them wanted to join me. Today, well, I have friends who joined and even one of my brothers bought a trailer. So it is exciting to see that they, they start seeing that, wow, it actually, cre yeah, you can make money off anything. Um, and even if it's just a hundred bucks off a dog room wash, um, you just need to do it consistency. And I also think sometimes people dream and think they need to sell massive land earth movers to make millions. And, but you, the problem is you make your, your margin of people that you're approaching so small where if you, if you, if you sell quantities I mean, is actually the secret is right. rather sell a million products at 50 bucks than selling mm -hmm. one product at a million. And that, that for me is something that I really, that I love coffee. Coffee, I think that's. The, I'll still have a coffee shop as well one day because that is a is, is something so small, but it's generating so much money, um, and it's right. it's creating so much job as well. So yeah, yeah. love I hope it. Love it. Question what's given. Yeah. What's interesting about that conversation is if I track back to when you started and where you are now, you all you've talk, talked about from when you started the business was how you can generate more. And yes, the, the measurement in business is money. It's not like, it's not the love of money that drives you. It's money is unfortunately or fortunately the measurement for success in business, but it's what you can do with that money that really makes, you know, what makes life worth living. And so it's interesting. A part of the poverty mindset is one, the one part is I'm scared to have money because I'm scared it corrupts me. The other part is I have bills and I don't know how to pay those bills. And both those you have to overcome by thinking about, how do I generate more money? But as soon as you generate more money, then the thought of what am I, what is this money going to do to me? Then that starts with you. And so it's interesting. Talk to me about your vision around giving and, and how you see money. Because to me, it sounds like you're more focused about giving and sharing than what, what you are about accumulating money for yourself. So I, I remember, um, and this is, I'll give the credit to John Hart. I was sitting there in Serengeti. I didn't have anything yet. I just had a dream of a, of a we were still discussing their names. And he said to me, Anna, so you need to, in our next session, tell me uh, what car you're going to drive one day, how your house is going to look one day, and wow. where are you going to stay one day? Um, I thought, why would you ask me this question? And I, I remember... <laughs> Silly enough, I said I want to drive a Fortuner. I said I want to have a house big enough for each child. And you know, I want to live at the beach. So I, that was what I said. And he said to me that day, he said, okay, you need to make it very clear. He said, because when you reach these goals, it's your problem if you made it too small. But if you reach these goals, over and above, you give. Yeah, right. unfortunately, I, I did say M4 as well. So, <laughs> no, so um, uh, yes, it's, um, and yeah, right. it was really that, that really changed my outlook on stuff and on money and on, um, you know, I really, okay. So that's the one part. So I really set up what, what, I, what, what do I want out of life? Because if you don't set in your heart, what is going to make you happy, then nothing is going to make you happy. Another trip overseas is not going to make you happy. Another car is not going to make, it does feel nice to drive in a nice car, but it's only for a sense of until that bill also becomes too much and you become negative towards it and it creates chaos. So, I would really give people advice is like from the start, 
be clear on what do you want out of life. Have that written down. Because when you reach those goals, over and above that, you give. Um, yeah, we do give. And my whole next chapter of my business will go be will be in 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 educating, equipping people in a training school, um, less fortunate people who doesn't have the opportunity, um, maybe people from a, from a township area or unskilled people to skill them up, um, because I believe that there's a lot of opportunities for them. But then my other part is also to go into the um, the whole animal cruelty side of it and create funds where we can uh, create awareness and, and make sure that dogs are looked after and animals and like the SPCA, but we are fortunate enough to have a network now where we can just ask every client to donate towards the vision and they can see that the money will go. And then I'm also a firm believer that you should give money away that first of all, I believe in, 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 in being, being planted and being serving in, in a house of God. So you need to, you need to give and people don't understand and, Wow, it's such a big thing that breaks up. The more you give, the more you receive. And yeah, there's a lot I can just say, I can testify um, of so many places where I remember last year, it was June last year, I gave my biggest offering or my biggest pledge towards a program that was not benefiting me. And that's also important. Sometimes you should give to people that doesn't benefit you and your, your business and stuff. It should benefit, it should have nothing to do with you. Um, so, and then after that stuff started just opening up and it's funny because it's favor, it's different type of stuff that open people that get put on your, or your path opportunities that was given to you. Um, and they are today we've given our biggest offering again, once into a project that has got nothing to do with us, but it's just, I just love to help and educate and equip people. And once you start doing that, it's, it's, there's freedom because you don't chase another paycheck. And if you look at my life currently, like we, we, we've always stayed in a simple place. Um, we don't have a house yet, but it's because I've also seen that I can save money by renting and it doesn't put me in one spot and I can move and I can go places. And you know, today I'm thankful for those. I didn't make those serious commitments when I, oh, I didn't have money to buy us, but the, yeah, the cool beautiful. thing you should always just, yeah, you should always just, yeah, bless people. I mean, the more you invest in people, the knowledge you share, I mean, it comes back double fold. And the more you give, you actually attract those people. And yeah, it is significant, but it's, it's all principle and you need to speak life. Oh my word, you need to speak it as if it is, it is, it's not. Because I remember so clearly, like I spoke about Ultimate Petke Cape Town and I'm saying it again, Ultimate Petke Ultimate Air, because there's nothing yet, but watch, because it was just one day I got this thing. Cool. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no, I like it. Oh, That's yeah. why I'm going like this. I love the ideas. I love the idea of an airline, and we need airlines. We need better airlines. So. <laughs> yeah, after school. So, um, yeah, Kevin, so I believe become a part or start giving. Giving to something that's not benefiting you, but also give towards, um, you know, your religious group or that you need to give the, the, the quicker you start. If you learn from all these people, that's very successful. I mean, Robert Kusaki, I mean, he, 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 he asks two questions whenever he sits with any person and he'll ask him, who's your mentors. He wants to know that first, who do you look up to? Where's your vision board? And that's always something I will ask someone when I walk in the house is where's your vision board. And then the third yep. thing is he says, you at least give 20% away of all your income. So it's just right. um, amazing that, the, 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 the wealthiest people all believe in the principle of the more you give, the more you equip others, Absolutely. the more you'll receive. And that's Absolutely. so true. Yeah. And, and Hannes, it's, it's, it's interesting when you start out in business and this was my journey as well, was you, it was almost like you start a river of money flowing towards you, but that the, you know, when you start understanding money correctly, it's like you're standing next to the river and you're managing the river, the flow to someone else. You in the beginning, the flow comes to you. It's all about what you can get out of it. And later you're standing next to the river and the flow goes to someone else. And once you grasp that concept, then the river just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And you realize your life is much bigger than what you thought. And so that's also an interesting concept because in one of my courses, I teach about, 
a community goal. If, if you have, if you add a community, community goal to your life, immediately what it does is it, it, it expands your financial goals because it's easy to have a vision for your house and your car and your overseas holidays and what you want for your kids and private schools and all that. But as soon as you add the community to your goals and you say, well, I want to change someone's life around me. And suddenly you think, well, I need more money. I can't do that without money. And then that expands your financial goal as well. So I think many people have re really small goals because they're thinking about themselves and not thinking about the community. So how has the community affected your vision for your business? Well, massively. Okay. Because, yeah, my, my, my spiritual leader, um, he, he, he plants words of um, wisdom in my mind on a weekly basis. And whatever he says, I just, I just implement it in my own, in my own life. Um, I just, if he says it, I say it. So we've got a certain things like one, one parlor in many locations and we will have that. And it's just like, we will have um, nationwide uh, franchises. We'll have an international brand because my leader said, so I said, so I do believe that you should surround yourself with people that, that, that has done it already, but that to give you motivation to dream big because it's weird. And it, it's so interesting that, that people do, do not think big and the, I think they are too scared or they are, they are sometimes afraid that it will not happen and they are scared that they will, that they will, they will have to face that rejection. So, but for me, I've changed that into like, it's, it excites me. It excites me to think, okay, wow, if I write this down, if it comes to pass or not, it excites the living, everything out of me to type it on and put it on the wall because it's just like, okay. And it is so you must build it up. It's like, you must build that faith up. You, that's why it's like a canvas. It's a dot today. It's like um, an airline. I mean, whatever. That's not my example. But, or a dog grooming parlor. Just start with right. a dog. Put it on. And one yes. morning you wake up and you're like, oh, there's a, there's a parlor in Cape Town. Put a Cape Town on the wall. And mm. it's, it's, it's amazing because at the end, then you, you start believing in yourself as well because you're like, I, I actually felt right. I did. And, but you need to start and you need to listen to people. Involve yourself. Listen to podcasts. Listen to people that has done it. And there's a reason why. Because they, they've learned and they just share. Um, and it's, it's all about principles. So if you apply these principles, it, you know, some people are fortunate to happen overnight. I want to say 99% of people, it does not happen overnight. Um, so rather let's just, just, enjoy the journey and um, embrace the journey. And even today I'm sitting here, I believe so I can watch dogs the best on this planet, but yeah, now I'm in a different phase. And now we are running not just four people. We're running actually like 60 people. So it's like every time now I need to involve myself with people that actually has been placed in a position where they've also looked after more people and you will get to those people. It's again, who do you surround yourself with? Or if you don't know, ask ask people who can i get in contact with and i want to also say people are scared and uh, i'll not speak on education but where what i will say is use money and spend it on on courses that self-development that will build you up it is just phenomenal to self-development courses is the number one thing i would say to do. And if you don't know where to start, there's so many opportunities out there. Like there's network marketing companies. Now I'm not for any network marketing company at the moment, but I just say that's a great way of starting a business where people's built the infrastructure and you can face rejection. You can face people saying no, you can face stuff because that's you, you're going to get it. And the, you actually become hard and it's like, you just continue. It's nothing to do with a person. You just continue. And the more you grind, the more you learn and you figure out who you are and what is it what you want to establish. So you yeah, spend money on educational videos and educational like or like the Robert Hugh Sockies or the Sir Richard Branson's, which is in my life, my, my, um, my people that I aspire to. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Right. Honest, just to end off. So we've got two minutes left. I just want to quickly talk to you about, um, your, uh, your company at the moment, if I'm a prospective doggy parlor owner, I'm really interested after this video. I'm like, Hannes, I love what you're doing. I love dogs. I love cats. I want to be part of this. I want to, I want, I don't want to buy 10 trailers. I want 10 trailers over the next 10 years. What do I do? How do I go about it? 
Wow, so we've got a very simple, simple, simple uh, onboarding process. You will start just by going on to ultimatepetcare.co.za and then you go and become a franchise. We will send you all the documentation. You can get a, a rundown on the cost and a rundown on the, the turnover and you will be shocked. It's actually amazing. Um, and that's, that's the first part. And then there's a couple of calls and vettings that goes on. And then once the finances and all are sorted, we, we do the, the on, onboarding. We've made this, the process super simple. Um, so yeah, I, I want to share this because I believe this is what the next chapter of Ultimate Pet Care will be. We will be launching our 25 trailers this year. Next year, we will have 40 trailers. But then we're going to look into to three things. We're going to start Ultimate Pet Care World, which will be a, a dog grooming um, facility where people will be able to walk their dogs. Uh, we will put up kennels and hotels there because we're building a network of dogs. We currently have like, what, almost 3,500 dogs. So we can look after these wow. dogs going on holidays. Um, then we want to create a training environment where we can train up people to become dog behaviorists, of course, dog groomers, and even in management, we want to train people how to run the dog grooming parlor specifically. And from there on, we will start starting up our resorts, which where people can take the dogs over to Durban with the, the, the dogs. And then even, of course, the, the, whole, the whole concept of the restaurants where we will ultimately will be a, a food place where people can buy their dog food. They can bring their dogs to the restaurant. So, yeah, we want to really create a world. And then, of course, the, the head, the big thing is the the, NS, the, the Ultimate Pet Care um, Animal Cruelty Association, that it's NPO that we've registered. And the whole vision behind that is that all the people that's involved in Ultimate Pet Care, a portion of your wash will go towards the animal cruelty. And, of course, we want to start a whole adoption process. We want to rehabilitate dogs, get vets involved. And that is the big part. That's the charity part. And, and that's actually, if you want to really ask me, um, what I wanted to do is I want to save animals. So I can't wait for us to get to that part. I know it is a journey. Um, I would have been there long ago, but I know we have to build the infrastructure first, raise the money, and then it will just be so much easier at the end. So, yeah, that's Ultimate Pet Key in a nutshell. Well done. <laughs> Listen, uh, it was an amazing interview with you. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. Um, I must say, from the, from the person I met six years ago, the guy you've become i'm really proud of you proud of what you guys are doing and every time i see one of your trailers i'm like one of your biggest fans i'm cheering you along well done with everything and i and hope uh, that you reach that goal in the next year i know you're gonna reach that goal and i'm looking forward to that airline i want to be the first first customer on that airline <laughs> okay <laughs> thanks bye. kevin bye